Today we're talking about binge eating, emotional eating, and how we can make changes to our lives to really address this kind of eating style and have a healthier body. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I'm Violet, I'm a psychologist, and the reason I make these videos is to help everyone to understand that your mental health and your physical health come together to create your overall sense of well-being. If you enjoy this kind of video and would like to support me, you can check out my Patreon. The link is in the description below. I'm going to read to you the comment that came in from Rabbit Child. Uh, Rabbit writes, love the videos. I heard you mention in another video that food is fuel. And if we aren't hungry, but want something, that is psychological. I have this problem severely because my binge eating disorder. Keto is the only thing that has helped me because my physical cravings are not there, so I only have to deal with the psychological issues. This is much more doable. And I wish others who treat people with the overeating disorders could help their pa patients understand that once the physical issues are solved with keto, then it's easier to deal with the psychological issues. I don't know if you've spoken to this before, but I would love to hear you speak more about this. Thanks. Okay, so I want to first give two definitions, just so we know what we're talking about. We're, we're going to define binge eating, okay, which is characterized by eating large amounts of food in a short period of time, typically beyond the point of feeling full. And then I want to talk about the idea of emotional eating, which is eating in response to positive or negative emotions. Okay, so we have these two different ideas. I want everyone to keep in mind that both binge eating and emotionally eating have nothing to do with being hungry. We are eating based on our reaction to something else that's pushing us to go seek food. And when we actually understand that that's what's happening, then all of a sudden we realize that when we focus on typical techniques to not approach food, they're not going to work because Things like making sure that I eat really slowly or making sure that I don't have certain foods around me in the house aren't dealing with the actual reason that we're looking for the food in the first place. So, okay, so let's back up. First, on a ketogenic lifestyle, we end up solving the physiological urge to eat because we take our gram grams of carb intake per day down to less than 20 grams per carbs per day. By doing that, we're not getting that dopamine hit that was causing us to physiologically seek food. We're also not spiking insulin, which was shuttling the sugar that we did eat away, therefore leading us to have to replace the sugar by eating more carbohydrates. Those two things then leave us in a situation where we actually can eat without feeling cravings. Okay, that's the first part. So if we do keto correctly, our cravings go away. So then the big question becomes, how is it possible that there have been people who are many, many, many weeks of doing keto that still report having cravings? And what I'm suggesting right now is that the reason that those cravings are happening is coming from one of two sources. So either A, not doing keto correctly. So there's still too many carbs coming in. But if we take a look at people who are actually doing keto and keeping their grams of carbs super low, 
and they're still craving carbs, so they're still having cravings. The other reason is that it's psychological. My desire to eat is not coming from my body pushing me. It's coming from my mind pushing me. And now we have to talk about, okay, what would cause my mind to push me to want to eat when my physical body is not hungry? A lot of the time, this is related back to the fact that as young people, so talking about earlier in life when we're children or even in our teens and our young adult years, food was placed at the center of our sense of satisfaction. So as a very basic level, when we eat, it satisfies that pain that we have in our stomach that goes away, that feels good. This is how our body is encouraging us to seek food. So on that very basic level, we eat, the pain goes away. Oh, that's better. That's one thing. But we add to this that psychologically, we often are given food for reward, distraction, and entertainment. So when we use food as a reward system, what happens? We're usually for especially for young children they do something good and they get a candy that dopamine hit causes them to chase sweet when we use food as a reward system we get that emotional so my parent is happy with me but also we're eating something and we're linking those two things together later on in life when we are not feeling great we look to give ourselves that hug and we end up using food we also use food to distract ourselves. If we're bored, if we don't know what to do with ourselves, right? We'll use food as a slash entertainment slash distraction. And oftentimes we do entertain around food. All of these things are linking that emotional connection that we have with people to eating, which is not about emotion. It's about fueling our bodies. Unfortunately though, the connection is made. I want to use an example because I want you to see really what's happening here. If we take the idea of an alcoholic and we say, look at this situation where an alcoholic will often report that when they drink, they have more confidence and they feel more calm. And so what's really happening is that when they drink and that sense of my problems are a little bit further away from me starts to come in because of course when I'm drinking I'm not focused on my issues but when they drink and that starts to happen the alcoholic then links this feeling so this this relief that happens to drinking alcohol and then whenever they are stressed frustrated scared Whenever there's a negative emotion that comes in, they want alcohol to help them to achieve this feeling of calm, this feeling of confidence, this feeling, right? Now, if, I, if that's what I'm doing repeatedly, that pathway in my brain is going to get set and I'm going to seek alcohol every time to help me to feel relaxed, to feel calm, to feel in control, to feel confident. Is it solving my problem? No, because as soon as I'm not drunk, my confidence is gone. As soon as I'm not drunk, my feeling of agitation and frustration is back. But am I emotionally attached to being able to get to that feeling that's over there of, yes. So I keep drinking to try to get there, right? So I'm drinking to try to solve a problem that drinking can't solve. 
we do the same thing with food. If I've been taught throughout my upbringing in my earlier life that eating cake is the way to celebrate or eating ice cream is what you do when you're sad or having a candy is what you have when you're sad. Every time I want to give myself an emotional hug, I'm going to seek food rather than seeking an, a solution to the thing that was causing me to be upset. Psychologically, the food in the moment seems like it's doing something good for me, but then physiologically in the long term, it's hurting me. And I know it. That's the part about this that's so difficult. It's the fact that I'm addicted to it also because of that dopamine hit that I'm getting that pushes me towards keeping doing that poor behavior. The same way that the alcoholic knows that drinking is causing problems in their life, but that dopamine hit keeps them going towards drinking. Part of the problem with these programs that focus on changing behavior before understanding what causes behavior to be there in the first place is that it doesn't solve the psychological issue that's actually happening. So what I mean by that is there are lots of people that have gone through programs for drinking and they are asked to call people if they feel like having a drink, they're asked to, you know, snap wristbands and do, do all kinds of actions towards reminding themselves that drinking isn't the answer. But the one thing that is often missing, not always, because there's some programs that are really good and have this, but many programs that what they're missing is the psychological, emotional, what's actually happening the moment before you wanted to take that drink? Did you have a fight with someone? Were you upset, lonely, frustrated, right? Were you tired? Were you... So if I don't address those things and not just notice them, address them, there's a lot of programs where you're told to look out for them, but then we're not given the therapy we need to actually address them. So what happens? Well, I noticed that I was angry or I noticed that I was lonely or I noticed, but then because I don't know what to do about it, I still end up going to do my self-soothing behavior. I actually would need to address it. I'm encouraging people to understand that psychological eating, so emotional binge eating, is more than just knowing that I'm doing it and stopping. It's understanding that I'm doing it because behind there is a lot of emotional stuff that I'm not dealing with and the way that I soothe myself is through eating. It's really tough because for many, many people, you will start eating a ketogenic lifestyle and taking the carbohydrates really low is gonna solve your addiction to the carbohydrates. And once our addiction to the carbohydrates are solved, we start to eat normally. And it looks to the world like if it was a pure and simple, you were addicted to carbs because you were overeating carbs and you didn't know and great. And you know what? That's really what it was. However, physiological problems and psychological problems are not the same. From a physiological standpoint, when I eat a certain food, it affects me the way it affects all humans because I'm a human and every other human that eats that food is going to be affected a certain way. My history only plays a minor role. So what that means is my medical, where I live a lot, like uh, on the planet and all of that 
has an effect, but it's not a great, as great an effect as the fact that I'm human versus when I'm eating psychologically, now my history has a much bigger impact on how I eat food and what I consider appropriate and not appropriate eating compared to the fact that I'm human. My history is going to be based on my household, and that's very specific because I could be straightforward Canadian, born and raised in, in Quebec, or I could be, which is what I am, Canadian, born and raised in Quebec with parents from Barbados and Trinidad and parents before that from where and where and with ideas about food from here and there, which is different. There's not another person who's going to have that exact combination and had the ideas about food that were brought up in my particular house. When we're trying to help people understand why they interact with food a certain way, we also need to understand what their history with food was, but also what their history with their household was. What kind of discipline did my family use? What kind of entertainment did my family use? How much affection did my family show? How much uh, exercise did my family promote? How, all of the things that happen in a household that affect what kind of individual you will end up being. We need to make this distinction because yes, I'm a human, but I'm a specific person and my psychological motivations to eat are going to be based on my specific person. What that means is that there won't be a one size fits all if my, what I'm actually struggling with is a psychological, emotional binge eating story, or even just a psychological, emotional eating story. There doesn't have to be binge eating associated for us to get off track. Even normal emotional eating will still put us off track because 20 grams of carbs is not a lot. Take the time to engage. Take the time to understand your actual situation so that you can make better decisions. And that means if there's a psychological element that's happening, address it. So we need to be willing to look at the issues that arise in our life. On the days that I end up eating something that was off plan, I need to be willing to back myself up and look at what I ate, look at what happened in that day, that week, and find out like why was I chasing carbs? Especially if I had been doing a good ketogenic situation or a good low carb situation all the while, why all of a sudden did I emotionally want to eat something off plan? Was it about celebrating? Was it about soothing myself? Was it about entertaining myself? Was it about distracting myself? I need to be honest with me because every person is different. My reason is not gonna be everyone else's reason. I wanna point out, it is seen as normal in our society to eat comfort foods when you're upset, right? The, the famous ice cream when you have a breakup. It is normal in our society to have comfort food or fun foods when you're celebrating, right? We have cake, we have ice cream when we're celebrating, right? It's considered normal in our society to overeat. Look at how many videos we have about mukbangs and look how many times that we would overeat at Christmas and and Thanksgiving and holidays. Birthday parties are examples of times where it's seen as normal to overeat. Here's the problem. When psychologically your connection to food is causing issues for you, all of these things that are shown as normal, but yet affecting you in a way that's pushing you to eat excessively, 
when society looks at you and sees that your weight is going up, when society looks at you and sees, oh, well, you're diabetic now, when society looks at you and sees that now there's a metabolic something happening, you're getting a slap on the wrist because you overdid it. We as a society also need to take responsibility for the fact that we are encouraging people to treat food as entertainment, that we are encouraging people to use food to self-soothe, and that we encourage people to overeat. A holiday is not a reason to overeat. Food is fuel. Holidays are about getting together with family, friends, and having a good time. A celebration is not a reason to overeat. It's a time to get together and congratulate someone for something. We need to keep it in mind that for our own health, we need to do what's right for our own health. So go to the party, go to the celebration, get together with people, but eat food for fuel. Address emotional issues as emotional issues. Solve them. Don't use them as excuses or reasons. I'm not even calling it an excuse as a reason to self-soothe with food. Because I'm telling you right now, society's wrong. That's not what food is for. It's for fuel. I really hope that you found this video helpful. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health Almost Violet. If you haven't already, please subscribe. By the way, I want to point out that I do have a Patreon account. You can go to the link in the description below, and I might put it on the screen, if you'd like to contribute to me making these videos and continuing to be able to make more videos. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for watching, and have a good day.